A son did what Satan told him and cost the whole world. Amen. But, but God is bringing us back into position. And so I bless the Lord for that. Um, I'm so glad to have with us today um, Pastor Edwin Mills and also Risen Assembly is in the house. All the way from Hartsville, South Carolina. We thank God for, for, for him and who he is. Come on, can we just do a little bit better than that? Come on, let's bless the Lord for sons of this house, sons of this fellowship. Also, um, can we thank God for Glorious Remnant Revival Community of Darlington being here, Pastor Kevin Charles. Come on, let's get excited for what the Lord is doing. Amen. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. And I just thank God for all the men that came and, and who you're connected to. And, and we're going to, to really, really fellowship and connect. We got a big breakfast. We, got a big, we ain't got no small breakfast. There ain't going to be no finger foods. It ain't going to be no like donuts and coffee. We got like grits and eggs and sausages and stuff like that. And so I already know how it is. So I said, well, look, we're going to put that on the back end. I ain't finna feed y'all like that right now because some of y'all ain't going to make it. <laughs> some of y'all ain't going to make it. So we're going to work it on the back end. Amen. And we'll have time to fellowship on the back end. There's a couple of things that I want to share with you all. I believe my assignment today is to connect the dots on some things. I believe that my assignment today for us as men is, is we find ourselves fighting because we don't understand the difference between the root and the fruit. Amen. And so when we find, when we are dealing with issues and problems, we pick the fruit and leave the root. And so what happens is, what, what, what always ends up happening if you pick fruit? You can take it off and for a while you don't have any more fruit, but eventually it what? Comes back. And so we find ourselves in things that we're fighting, and we pick the fruit but leave the root, and it winds up coming back. And we wind up in ongoing fights and battles because we're dealing with not, we're not dealing with the source. We got to start coming to, to the root of some matters. Amen. We got to start coming to some root of some matters. And I believe that that's what the Lord has assigned me to do today with us as men is help us come to the root of the matter. Amen. And the root of the matter is who we are and why we're here. Why are we here? Do you understand something about heaven's gates and the heavenly Jerusalem? The Bible talks about in Revelations that there is a, a heavenly Jerusalem that shall come down from heaven that has 12 gates. You know what the names of those 12 gates are? They are the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. Of Jacob, they're the 12 tribes. You got Reuben is one gate, one of the gates' names into the kingdom, into the heavenly kingdom. One of the gates' names is by a man named Reuben. One of the gates' names is a man named Simeon. You actually go have to go through a name of a man in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. You have to go through a name of a man. What is God trying to tell us about Tell us about our identity as men? What is he trying to tell us about what he, the authority and responsibility he has given us? What he's trying to tell us is we're gates to access to men, uh, to the world's salvation. There are certain people that won't be saved without you. Come on. There, 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 are, there are children that will die before their age because of you. You're an entrance for them. You're access to God um, um, to them. You're, 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 through you, they're going to meet him and they're going to enter into the kingdom. We're gates. I need you to say I'm a gate. I'm a gate. Amen. I'm a gate. That's so, so important that we understand 
the, the, the now significance of our life. And that's what I'm going to deal with today some. And I'm not going to deal with a lot of scripture. Um, I'm just going to hit two. I'm going to hit two scriptures. Um, Acts chapter 2. I'm going to deal with verses 38 and 39. Those two right there. Thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 2, and we're going to deal with verse 38 and 39. I'm going to read these two scriptures, and we're going to deal with some root of some stuff today. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 says, Then Peter said unto them, this is at the day of Pentecost, um, and, and this is after the day that literally the church was birthed. God poured out his spirit. He gave the world the promise of the Holy Ghost to 120 men in an upper room, 120 people. Um, uh, mostly men in an upper room, and they begin to speak in other tongues and declare the works of God. Amen. This is after Jesus had died, was buried, resurrected, and ascended, and then poured out his spirit. Fifty days from that resurrection, the day of Pentecost. Following the day of Pentecost, this is some of the dialogue. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse number 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, because they had just seen men baptized in the Holy Spirit, he preached a message, and these people's um, response to Peter and the 120 that had been baptized is, what must we do? What, how do we respond to this? Peter's answer to them is, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Verse 39 is really the scripture I want to work on. Understanding that the Holy Spirit was the promise. Everybody say that's the promise. The filling of the Holy Spirit is the promise for which all of the promises flow. Verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Father, I thank you and bless you that you sealed this thing right now. It's already done in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Uh, now, one thing is that we must understand is, is that this scripture, this scripture highlights, watch this, the power of men and or fathers walking in the promise of God. I want to deal with the promise of God today. Please understand, men, there's nothing that we get from God outside of promise. Everything God wants to give us, he gives us uh, gives it to us through the means called promise. If we're saved, that's a promise. If we're prospering, that's a promise. Glory be to God. If we got healed, that's a promise. None of those things were given randomly. They were given by promise. Therefore, we had access to them. So it's so important we understand the nature of God's promises because he's really not going to give us anything outside of that. Amen. Everything he's going to give us, he's going to give us within the boundaries of the, a reality called promise, right? And, and so, so we, we must understand that, and he wants us to understand the power of the promises of God. And that's what I want to talk about today, and I believe that verse 39 um, really highlights that. Um, we as men, it, he says here, I'm going to read it again, for the promise is unto you and 
to your children and to all that are afar, afar off. Y'all see that? So, so what we got to understand as men is, is we as men receive personal promises and those personal promises always carry the weight of generational purposes. Those promises are to us and to our children. So what we, uh, we as men impact the purposes of the next generation by how many personal promises we receive in our generation. Amen. So what, what I need you to understand is, is a promiseless man produces a purposeless generation. A promiseless man produces a purposeless posterity. Do you want to know why one of the reasons why we have wandering children who seem to have no direction? They just go here and they just go there. They sit around all day and hang out. It's like they don't want to do anything with their lives because it depends on the promises of their father how much of God's purposes that they live in. And it ties in to even what I dealt with even on last month. The next generation walks in little or if any of the purposes and blessings of God literally because they had fathers who never received the promises of God our promise ensures their purpose come on I need you to understand that if they're purposeless it's because we're promiseless we have not pursued and now obtained the promises of God now pay close attention to the wording of Acts um, Acts 2 and 39 for the promises unto you, speaking to the men, speaking to the fathers, and to your children. Everybody say and. You know what and means? And means along with. And means together with. And means as well as. And means along with. And means together with. And and means um, um, as well as. So that means Acts 2 and 39 could read, for the promise is unto you as men and fathers along with your children. Uh, the, for the promise is unto you together with your children. For the promise is unto you as well as to your children. What is it that that scripture is trying to make clear to us in the power of promise or the power of men receiving promises? As men and as fathers, the promise we receive from Yahweh becomes the promise Yahweh makes to our children. Now, I'm going to slow down, but I need that principle to hit your heart and maybe let it bubble up for a little bit before you can understand it. The promise we receive becomes the promise he makes. The promise we receive from Yahweh becomes the promise he makes to our children. For the promise is unto you and along with, together with, as well as your children. Everybody follow what I'm saying? So, so, so literally, a promise received by a father becomes a promise God makes to their children. For the promises unto us and to our children. That's the power of men and or fathers walking in the promise of God. The power of received promise is this. The promise we receive from Yahweh becomes the promise he'll keep with our children. <laughs> Yahweh giving it to us in his sight is as good as him giving it to them. Right. 
this is, this is what I need you to understand. As men and as fathers, we can receive a promise from Yahweh for our children because the promise is unto us and to our children. That's so, so key. Now, let me rewind a little bit before I take it a step further. The, the core identity that God always wanted to be known with, known by, and I said this last week, is not Jehovah Jireh. He does not want to be known. That's not the core identity he wants us to know him as. It's not provider. It's not Jehovah Shalom. It's not the God of peace. It's not Jehovah Raphael. It's not the God that heals. Glory be to God. It's not El Shaddai. It's not um, Yahweh, the Almighty One. It's not Yahweh. It's not El Elyon, the Most High. None of those names are the core of his identity. He always wanted to be known by us as Father. And so Jesus is the only one that comes and he now brings up the identity that God wanted to be known as the whole time father so when you pray don't pray Jehovah Jireh pray Abba father when you pray don't pray Jehovah Rapha pray Abba father which are in heaven I got a daddy in high places that's what he's trying to tell us I got a daddy that runs something I got a daddy that's sitting over the universe I got a daddy that says things and stuff moves he can speak to clouds he can speak to wind he can speak to mountains my god he doesn't run a a, a, a five a fortune 500 company he runs the universe i my daddy is in heaven gotta switch it no no no, no. if he was just my judge that's one thing but that's my daddy right then he turns around and says the the identity I want to be known for the most, Father, I want my men to be known as. He give, there is no greater honor than being called Father. Because that's what God wants to be known by more than anything else. You know what Jesus wanted to be known by more than anything else? Jesus did not want to be known by none of those names either. You know what his core identity was that he wanted to be known as? The Son of God. He didn't, he, didn't got, he didn't get crucified for being Jehovah Rapha. He healed people. They didn't kill him for that. He didn't get crucified because he was Jehovah Shalom. He spoke peace to storms. They didn't kill him for that. They killed him because he said, I'm the son of God. That's why he went to, that was his core identity. Amen. We, 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 we must understand that. Amen. Because if we don't, we'll be living for a lifetime instead of living for a legacy. We're trying to live for what we can get in our lifetime when we can actually be living for what we could get for our children in our lifetime. And it'll live beyond us. I wish I could talk about the Abrahamic covenant. I'm going to go to it. I want you to go and receive a land that your children are going to own. I want you to live for something beyond your lifetime, Abraham. And I'm see, he, he now takes Abraham to the promised land and tells him after 400 years, I'm going to give it to your descendants. I need you to spend the next hundred years of your life living for something I'm going to give your children 400 years from now. Glory be to God. And that's the blessing of Abraham. And the reason why our children suffer and our sons suffer is because we don't understand we're supposed to be living for something beyond our lifetime. Amen. So we spend their promised money on our dream boat. We... 
right. So, so now watch this. So we as men can receive a promise that Yahweh will keep with our children, although we've accepted it and our children haven't yet. For the promise is unto us and to our children. Do you understand the power of that? We can accept his promise for their lives on their behalf, and he'll keep his promise to them by way of us. He'll give their promise to us and make sure he keeps it with them. I wish I could talk about a man named Abraham. Amen. Because you know what that does? That guarantees. He said, look, I'm going to give their promise to you. I'm going to give you the land of Canaan. I'm going to send you to a land and I'm going to give it to a promise. So through giving it to you, I promised it to them. So no matter how hard they, how hard-headed they are, I'm going to still give it to them because I, I gave them a promise. No matter how much they mess up, I'm going to still give it to them because I gave them a promise. No matter how jacked up they are and how much they don't listen and how much they complain, I gave their promise to you. I gave it to them through you. And since you got the promise, it's unto you and to your children. You really want to set your children up to be good? You really want to set up your children's children so that they'll be fine when you're no longer around? You receive the promises of God. Uh, glory be to God. And you know why that's so powerful? It's because Yahweh always keeps his promise. Glory be to God. No, 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 no. JC don't understand it, but he already has promises God has made to him through what God has given me because the promise is unto me and to to my children. Yahweh will keep his promise to them accepted by us because what is unto us has an and unto them attached to it. For the promise is unto you and to your children. And But this is the key. Now this is where the rubber meets the road. How many of you want to see your children blessed in the promises of God? Walking in the liberty of God. How many of you want to see your children's children blessed walking in the liberty Liberty and promise of God. Can I jump up ahead? How many of you want to see your children's 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 children children ten generations from now, six hundred years from now? Even though you won't see it, you can see it if you receive the promises of God right here and right. Abraham saw it from afar off, and you know who we are. We're the seed of Abraham. Glory be to God. Do you do you understand that we're the seed of Abraham? That what Abraham did. Back in ancient, uh, ancient Israelic times, we're still uh, living under his promise. We're saved because the promise God made to that man. We're filled because the promise made to that man. Our life got changed because of the promise made to that man. The Bible calls him the father of faith. Read it. Romans, he's the father of faith. By grace you're saved. Yep. Through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we receive that faith because a father lived for something besides himself. Amen. That's so key. So key that we understand that. Right? This is so important to point out about that. In order to accept the promise for them, we must first accept the promise ourselves. Whew, this is where we get in trouble with men. 
See, because we want the best for our children, and we try to tell them, just don't do like me. Come on. Amen. And, that, and that's not how this works. Come on. Be better than me. That's not how this works. Don't do like I did. You got to go out. You gotta, that's not how this works. In order to accept promises for them, we must first accept the promises ourselves. See, if we as men want our children to receive the promise of being filled with the Holy Spirit, please hear me, we must receive the promise of being filled with the Holy Spirit ourselves. For the promise of being filled with the Holy Spirit is unto us as well as our what? Children. We can accept the promise of being filled on their behalf and God always keeps his promise to them because he gave it to them through us. Uh, I need somebody to say God always keeps his promise. See, so what, what I'm trying to tell you is, so that means no matter how much hell they're filled with, that means no matter how much sin they're filled with, that means no matter how much disinterest in God they might be filled with, because of the power of a father who has received God's promise, the promise is unto them as well to their children. So you know what God will do when a child has a promise to be filled that's filled with everything else? He'll chasten them. He'll chase them. He'll close doors on them until he can feel them. See, I already know my children got a promise on their life because I received the promise. And it's un, un, unto JC. It's an unto Taylor. It's an unto Joseph. It's an unto Josiah. So if God got to, he'll chasten them. He'll chase them. He'll run them down. He'll close doors. He'll open doors. He'll rearrange their life. But before they close their eyes and leave this world, they'll be filled with God's spirit I got a promise that's unto me and unto my children to me and unto my children Yahweh I need y'all to understand the power of this Yahweh makes promises to our children by how much of his promises we receive Yahweh makes promises to our children by way of how much of his promises we receive. That's all throughout the Bible. When God showed up to Isaac, what did he say? I'm the God of your father, Abraham. Abraham got a promise, so I got to keep it with you. When he showed up to Jacob, what did he say? I am the God of Abraham and Isaac. And even though you're a swindler, you got a promise. And I got to keep it with you. Yahweh makes promises to our children by way of how much his promises we receive. Every promise received by us, listen to this, becomes a made promise to them. Whatever promise we got from God, God made it to them too. Because the promise of God is unto us and to our children. Amen? So, this is what's so beautiful about that. Whatever we want our children, we want for our children from God. And hopefully we want something for our children from God besides a good job and being able to pay our bills. Hopefully we want something from God beyond that. Amen. But besides being able to put food on the table. 
Because the Bible makes it clear that that's not the purpose of life. Jesus said, think not of what you shall eat. Think not of what you shall drink. Take no thought into what you shall wear. He said, because the heathen thinks about that. Glory be to God. Do you understand that that's the same thing that the, that the Bambi does? Bambies, it puts us on the plane of animals. All animals do all day long is make sure they got something to eat and shelter. And as long as they're surviving, they, I, I, my life purpose is supposed to be greater than that of a deer or a lion that just walks around to eat and survive and have somewhere to lay their head at night. No, no, no. The purposes of God are greater than that. That There has to be something we want for our children from God. Amen. And if we do, we can give it to them by receiving it ourselves. What we, because you understand that you can make $100,000 and still be bound by depression. You know that, right? You know you can be married and still be bound by adultery. Amen? You know that, right? Amen? You know you can go to college and still have the spirit of suicide. Amen? So we got to understand that what God wants us to give our children is more than that. Those are great. They come with the package, but they're not the point. They're great. What we want from them from God, we ourselves must receive. Amen? If we as men, watch this, want our children to receive the promise of repentance from sin... Come on, you know that's a promise. You know, some people say, I, it's just so hard to sin. It's just so hard to stop sinning. It's just, I try to break it and I can't. You don't understand it's a promise. That, uh, coming out of sin, being free from sin is not a fight, it's a promise. That's a promise from God. Glory be to God. And if, one, and if my child has a father walking in that promise, he'll no longer believe the lie that it's too hard because I saw my daddy do it. My daddy received the promise and he didn't live in lust. I, I know it's hard not to look at women, but my daddy received the promise and he didn't look at women. I know it's hard to stay married, but my daddy received the promise and he stayed married. And so whatever the devil lies and tries to tell my sons that they can't have I already know my daddy had that promise and I know the only way they could have lived like that was with the promise of God because I've tried to do it in my flesh I've tried to do it a hundred times I tried to change I tried to get better I tried to stop thinking like that and I fell on my face but I look back at my father and he lived like that that has to be the promise of that has to be the promise of God if we as men want our children to receive the promise of repentance from sin and full surrender to Christ, we receive the promise of repentance from sin and full surrender of Christ. I want my baby to get saved. Get saved then. I want my baby to love God. Love God then. I want my child to pray. Pray then. I want my child to go to church. Go to church then. Stop wishful thinking and take on the responsibility of a father because it's unto you and... God, I feel the presence of God. You want them to have it, get it. It's a promise. A promise received by us becomes a promise made to them. 
God, I'm going to say that again because I don't know about you. I'm dancing because I got a whole bunch of promises that start breaking out in my life. And the promises received by me are promises that are made to the, anybody. See, you can, you can only get excited about that if you know you've been walking in the promises of God. But when I'm going to tell you something, even if you're not walking in the promises of God, you need to get excited about that because they're promises. It don't matter what you did up to this point. God is... It's still a promise that's unto you. God don't change his mind. He's not a man that he should lie. I don't care how long we ain't had the promise. You can get it today. I don't care how many years we've lived outside of the promise. You can receive it today. It's a promise. God gives it to us by promise to make sure we can't mess it up. Ain't that so good? God knew he had a bunch of reject flunkies uh, that he was trying to raise up like me. I ain't going to talk about you. I'm just going to talk about me. So he said, I'm not going to make them earn it. I'm going to make a promise. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no matter how much they mess up, uh, no matter how much they go left, uh, no matter how much they don't get this thing right, uh, a promise is a promise uh, is a promise. I need somebody to get excited because a promise is a promise and he's good for his word promise received by uh, look I can't man I still ain't came out of sin this is okay it's a promise deal it's still a promise I can't, I can't stop smoking. Well, that's cool. It's still a promise. Still addicted to this bottle. I, I can't break it. No, that's cool. It's still a promise. Still a promise. Come on, his promise is still good. His promise is still good. Our, our problem is we're trying to get what we only receive by promise. You can't get it. You got to receive it. The moment we try to come to God and say, God, take the taste out of my mouth. You nullify the fact that he already promised to take the taste out of your mouth. God, I thank you that the taste ain't in my mouth while the taste still is in my mouth because it's a promise. And I'm going to mess around and say thank you that the taste is not in my mouth one day and figure out the taste ain't in my mouth. Come on, I, because it's a promise. You don't approach promises. Jarvis, if I promise you a million dollars and you go out tomorrow and make me mad, you don't have to tiptoe back to me and say, oh, oh I messed up. You still going to give me the million dollars? No, I promise you the million dollars. Irregardless of your performance out there, it's still yours. A promise is a promise is a It's a promise. The power of promise is the fact that Yahweh keeps him. He keeps his promise. So, so if, if I receive repentance and full surrender to God, no matter how self-centered my children are, no matter how stuck in their own ways they are, they may, they may be prideful, they may be haughty, and they may not want to listen to anybody. But there's a promise, is a promise, is a promise. So God will humble them. God will break them. God will rebuke them. God will chasten them until he can keep his promise. Yes, Lord. Until he can keep his promise to them to repent and full surrender. I wonder if that 
that was any of our testimonies in here. I knew it all. You couldn't tell me nothing. I did everything I was big enough and bad enough to do. But there was somebody somewhere who had received the promise of God praying for me. And God chased me. And God chastened me. And God broke me. And God closed doors on me. And God rebuked me until I said I surrender. I don't know about you, but I put up a fight. I don't know about you, but I didn't go down without swinging. But a promise is a promise. Here's a promise. I went down swinging, Tracy, even to the point where I felt the spirit of God. And I would read the Bible in my left hand with a beer bottle in my right hand. I felt the tug, but I said, I still, can I have the Bible and my beer too? I went down swinging. But a promise, yes, Lord, is a promise, is a promise. And he chasing me again. And he chased me again. And he broke me again. Come on, it's a promise. Freedom is a promise. Salvation is a promise. Hallelujah. Amen. This Quran, see. I don't know. I can tell you one thing about me. I'm not here because I'm a high flyer. I'm not here because I did it right. I'm here for one reason. God made a promise. My, ain't, no, ain't no other reason why I'm standing here. There's no other reason why I'm preaching to you. There's no other reason why I'm still married. There's no other reason I got five beautiful. God made a promise. Whatever we want to give our children from God, we receive ourselves from God. If you don't get nothing else, get that. See, our, and, and this, let me just go a little bit further, y'all. Our issue is, as men and fathers, we want the best for our children and don't understand our God-given authority to guarantee the best for our children. You don't have to withhold. I hope, God, you bless them. You can guarantee. God blesses them by receiving the promise. What was the land called? It was called the promise land it was a land flowing with milk and honey and although it took them 400 years to get it God, God, Abraham made sure that he received the promise you know the only thing that Abraham oh God you know the only thing Abraham owned in Canaan the only thing Abraham himself owned in Can Canaan was a huge land that God gave all to Abraham. He owned a funeral plot for him and his wife. Glory, all he owned was glory, a cemetery plot uh, 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 through the people of Shechem. He bought a plot from there and he, he died to make sure, glory be to God, that the promise for his children would... Uh, Our issue as men, we want our children to have what we could guarantee that they would receive by way of us receiving it ourselves. Somehow or another, we want them to get for themselves what we have authority to guarantee that they have. 
We're trying to tell them to get for themselves. You got to get God for yourself, but we got authority to give it to them. For the promises of God are unto and. See, and, and means it's a package deal. One comes with the other. They don't have to find God. God will find them if we receive God. Did y'all hear what I said? They don't have to figure out what God has for their lives. If we surrender to what God wants for our life, God will make sure he shows them what he has for theirs. You got to figure out what God has for you. No, we need to surrender what God has for us. And God will make sure they know. Amen. You know, it goes on to say this. Acts 2 and 19, and I'm, and I'm going to leave that alone, but it says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall what? It guarantees you shall, they shall hear their what? No matter how far, now far off can be looked at two ways, geographically and generationally. Right? Far off can be looked at another way. I say three ways. How off they are in their walk with God. It don't matter how messed up they are. It don't matter how far off they are. It don't matter how many clubs they in. It don't matter how many back alleys they run. Glory be to God. But the promise is unto you. And if it's unto you, them that are far off, I'll see them coming from afar. And I'll be a good daddy. I'll run out. And... The question there's several questions that we have to answer based on what we just learned, right? And these are questions for the heart. These aren't questions that I want you to answer out loud, but you need to answer these questions in your heart. There has to be a self-evaluation. There has to be at some point understanding the word wasn't given to us just to get a reaction. The word was given to us to give us a reflection. We got to reflect on some things. We got to consider something. Put up that first question. I want y'all to read that first question closely. Based on what I just learned, what promises from God have I given my children or the next generation by receiving those promises myself? What promises do my children have because of me from God? You got to answer that question. Because it ain't their responsibility to find them. It's unto you and them. Some of them they're supposed to get because of what you got. They, they're not just supposed to get our eyes, our nose, our heads. They're supposed to get our devotion. Amen? You know what even... I'm going to read that question one more time. What promises from God have we given our children or the next generation by receiving those promises ourselves? What have I given them by receiving those promises? Number two, and this is an even more important one. Do I know the promises of God for here and now? How can I give them what I don't even know? If I run around saying the promises of God, you get a good job and you can buy what you want, you missed it. You ain't nowhere in the book. And you don't even know, we don't even know the promises of God. How can we give what we don't know? How can we go after what we don't know? It's like, man, I love God, but I don't read the Bible. Well, God is the Bible. The Word is God. 
Y'all know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus is the Word of God. If I don't like reading the Word, I really don't like God. Amen? So, so we, we got to deal with some things. And so now what I got to ask myself is, based on how I read the Bible, will my children ever even open it? And if, based on that, because what, what's on to me is on to them. I, I might read it once a month. So that means my children probably ain't going to read it at all. And then their children are probably going to be atheists. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, and they don't ever hear it. Based on how I live, what's going to be the condition of my, my, my posterity? Based on how I go to church. If I barely go to church, chances are my children will go to church when they feel like it, and their children probably won't go to church at all. Especially now we got another excuse. It's a pandemic. We don't want to catch the corona. Amen? Next question. If the promises I receive from Yahweh become the promises made to my children... How many of Yahweh's promises have, have I guaranteed have been made to my children? And I know that's kind of like number one. What's their guarantees? Have I even guaranteed anything? Next question. This is between, if you had to rank from one to ten how much you've lived for the promises of God, what would you rank yourself? That's the biggest one. Because that actually reflects how much you love your children. How can you say that, Pastor? Because God is love. And you've not given them what they need to connect with love. It's a little bit quiet, but we need to think about that. That's something we got to, we need to think about it long enough to change something if it ain't right. But that's our children. Amen? We're happy because we can give our daughters new cars and they sleeping with two and three men. That's not what God gave them. Chastity. You know we can give our children chastity? Amen? Acts 2 and 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children. Every promise received by us becomes a promise made to them. How many promises do I have? Man, we need to start keeping track. Because you know what that does? That gives us the power to prophesy. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you can prophesy to your children. Oh, you're going to be filled. And you're going to speak in tongues. If you, glory be to you can begin to prophesy and speak them forth in the things of God. You don't have to guess. You know, you just got to grow up and figure out what you're going to be. No, that's not all the way true. We are to train a child up in the way that they should. That, that means we just got to have some type of insight. Amen. That also means on the flip side, 
This is the part that we really got to think of. Where there are fathers walking without God's promises, there are children living without God's promise. We need to understand that now. Now we're getting to the root of why the world is in the condition it's in. We've been blaming it on how hard-headed the kids are. We've been blaming it on how, how crazy the, the family is today and how mamas don't, whatever we've been blaming it on. But the root of the matter, if the promises of God is to us and to our children, then living in a lack of God's promises to us and to our children. One, if not the greatest curse, is living without promise. One, if not the greatest curse. I need y'all to understand that. Living without prom the God's promise is a curse within itself. Where there are people living without promise, there'll be a presence of a curse. Usually the lack of promise on the current generation's life is due to the fathers of the preceding generation who never received the promise. Our community is under a curse. Y'all know that, right? Amen? That's what we're dealing with. That's what we're fighting with. That's why our children are dying in these. They're under a curse. Malachi brings it out. Can I talk about fathers and men? One of my favorite scriptures, Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Pastor Mills has an awesome Elijah mandate movement, too that really, I believe, hits this, hits this on the button. He goes on in Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 to say, um, and I don't, I don't see verse 5, um, that screen is up, but it says that I will send Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord, something along those lines. It goes on to say that through that ministry, we need to understand this the Elijah ministry. Through that ministry, I, I shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the what? And the heart of the children to their fathers. And if that doesn't happen, I will come and do what? Earth with a curse. The, the condition of the heart of the father to the children dictates, has earthly ramifications. The whole earth falls under a curse based on our heart to our children. Or the whole earth falls under a blessing based on our heart to our children. You didn't know it was that big, did you? We didn't understand it was that big, but we don't understand the whole earth gets cursed. When our heart isn't turned in alignment, in position with our children. It ain't just, I just got to worry about my children. But no, 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 no. Our heart. Because man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And he will curse something in San Diego based off of the hearts of men in South Carolina. It curses the whole earth. I ain't got nothing to do with that. We got everything to do with that. The whole earth. Amen? Amen? The whole earth. Now, life without promise is life under a curse. It is called, I call it the curse of promiselessness. It's due to the condition of the father's heart. Where, are, where there are fathers who don't have a heart to pursue. Not only pursue, but live in the promises of God They'll have children striving and struggling to manage life while under the curse of life without promise. You know why there's so many children 
running around killing each other? You know why? You because there's a promise they're not living under. See, we under with long life, Psalms 91, verse 16. I will satisfy you. That's a promise. That long life is a promise. Yet we have 15-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 20 years old, 31 years old, dying in multiple places every single day. You know why? They don't have that promise. God isn't keeping that promise because they never had a father that gave them a promise because more than likely the daddy that they have don't live in the home and many times not even in the same city. Y'all know that, right? That's why they're dying. They don't have that promise. Come on, do you know that we can receive the promise that guarantees that our, my, my children are going to be able to sit in a rocking chair one day with a big old gray beard. They're going to be 85 years old. Guess what? But they ain't going to have no cane. They're going to still be driving. They're still going to be walking three miles every day. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. They're going to be doing more sit-ups than 25-year-olds. Because with long life isn't long existence. No, no, no. He said long life. And he came that we might have life. That means I'm going to be 85 without an oxygen take. That means I'm going to be uh, 85 without glucose shots. Y'all ain't hearing me. That means I'm going to be 85 without, uh, with, uh, without strokes and half of my body left. Glory be to God. And see, the reason why we don't get excited about that because we've never seen men walking in that promise therefore we don't even believe it you don't know if you're gonna have a stroke or not no you don't know but I got a promise you don't know if you're gonna have no no you don't know but I got a promise and I'm gonna give that to my children I know you don't know it and you don't got it so you can't give it but I'm gonna give it to mine and they're going to be senior citizens all of them the problem is fathers don't even believe that. How can you give to your children what you don't believe yourself? That's a promise. Three score and ten. Amen. That's seventy. That's seventy. Amen. At least seventy. Glory be to God. Seventy good years. I'm trying to get up there with Moses. He was 120. And Moses was still running around playing football with the young folks. God said, look here, I just got to take you. Go up in the mountain and die. God just made, God just made Moses die. He said, go up in the mountain. Now, that boy ain't taking no medication. He's still r running around playing football. Go up in the mountain and die. My God. Amen. Those are promises. Amen. The reason why, please hear me, there are so many people running around with depression and mental illness. You know why? That's a lack of promise. You know what that lack of promise is? Nehemiah 8 and 10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. They don't have that promise. Depression is evidence of a lack of a promise that somebody's not walking in. But where were they supposed to get that promise from? They were supposed to get that promise from a father who received the joy of the Lord and, there, and then God attached an and unto your children to it. And so now my children have a promise called the joy of the Lord is their strength. So in the middle of hell they can say though I make my 
bed in hell he is here with me in the middle of trial they can lift their hands they're not going to the liquor store to relieve their stress they're coming to the altar to lift up their God because they got a promise from a father who received the joy of the Lord I can guarantee my children will never have to be on depression pills that's a promise For the promises unto us. And to our children. The next generation lives under curses to the degree the current generation of fathers don't receive promises. Life without promises is life with a curse. Hallelujah. Amen. Watch this. Questions we must ask ourselves. Can we do another Q and A? Q without the A? I'll let you answer that within yourself. Put up that first question. Based on how much of the promises of God I've received, will my children and the next generation be more blessed or more cursed? Do I have a you got to fiend for yourself and figure it out yourself mentality, which is a curse? Or do I have I'm going to receive what I need to make sure you're blessed from God? Don't no man have to make his own way when he got a father? That's why Jesus came. He said, I am the way. You know why he said that? Because you ain't got to make one. You got a daddy. You got a daddy that's going to make a way. You still got to work. Faith without works is dead. I ain't saying nobody got to work and nobody got to do anything else. But there's certain things that you have an advantage to because you're not starting over. You have an inheritance. Amen. Bless the. It's one thing to give our children land. It's another thing to be able to give them favor. I got favor on my life, son. That's gonna come. It's already. I got favor on my life, daughter. It's gonna come to you, and it'll cover them from things that should have got them. Anybody realize, besides me, that you were in a crowd that what happened to everybody else didn't happen to you. Everybody else got locked up. A lot of them died. Some of them are still on drugs. Some of them are still stuck in the same spot y'all hung out with 30 years ago. They talk the same way, drink the same way, act the same way. Why isn't it that I'm not there? Why wasn't that my destiny? Because when you have somebody with a promise over your life praying for you, it won't be fair. I did what they did, but God wouldn't allow to happen what happened to them. I said what they said, but God wouldn't allow it to happen to me like it happened to them. Because what a father gives his children an advantage. He gives, oh glory, he gives them wiggle room. There's stuff that they do, and I'm not saying we just give them stuff so they can get away with stuff. But what God says is I'm not going to let them because I got a promise. I received the promise. And a husband shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That is not a direction and instruction. That is a promise. That is a promise from God. And I've been living in that promise for 20 years, and I have five beautiful children. Glory be to God that God has blessed me with. But that is and unto my children. Every one, last one of my children will get married, and they will have children and families that will be together that is a promise from God but you know what and God forbid even if one of them strays y'all hear me glory be to God even if one of them gets out 
there and they slip up into sexual can I, and they slip up in the sexual sin. God, because he's already given them a promise that they're going to have a family. There's just certain things that won't happen. They won't catch HIV. They won't catch it. They got to have a family because God has given them a promise. So even if that happens, God will block it. You see, I don't know about you, but I just got faith like that to believe if God promised, it's going to be. It just ain't fair. Fathers can give children an unfair advantage. Amen. That's the reason why so many daughters are sleeping with multiple men. And so many boys are running around impregnating multiple women at the same time. Literally impregnating them with poverty. You know that, right? They're not just pregnant with a baby. They're pregnant with poverty. Do you know over 60%, might be even more than that, of, of, of impoverished people in America are single women? Probably more than that. Amen? Right? What promise that, that they don't have? And the, and, the, and the boy shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his what? And the two shall become, they don't have that promise. They're living under a curse. Amen. Living under curse. And God can redeem and God can restore and God can fix it. But that is not God's way. He's not going to come back until it's done his way. Y'all know that, right? We got to raise up a generation that's going to live his way. Amen. And so, so watch this. The most powerful, and, I, and I'm closing on this. What time is it? Is it time to eat? Yep, it's about time to eat. The most powerful way we can love our children in the next generation is by receiving the promises of God. And when we receive the promises of God by way of pursuing, how do we receive the promises of God? By way of pursuing God. A man pursuing God becomes a man with the promises of God. We will not receive the promises of God without pursuing the God for whom the promises are in. The promises don't come from him. The promises are actually in him. We have to pursue him to get the promises of God. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That's why he says, he that cometh to me must first believe that I am and that I am a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. That's why he says you shall find me when you shall seek me with all of your heart. That's why he says seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. Ask and you shall receive. There has to be a place of pursuit for which we then begin to enter into the promise of God. Not pursuing the promise pursuing the promiser because every promise is in him. I'll prove it to you. Put up first 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 amplified. 2 Corinthians 1.20, verse amplified, the amplified version, it should be up right now. Y'all see this? 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. For, for as many as are what? Huh? The promises of God. He didn't say there's a few, he said many. Right. A whole bunch of them. For as many as are the promises of God, where are they? In Christ. In, where are they? They waiting on me to come get them. Or are they waiting on me to come after him? Come on, do I come get them or do I come run after him? 
For as many are as the promises of God, where? They are all answered. Yes. There's a place where no is not allowed. No can't even enter into that space called in him. All, they're all answered what? Yes. They're all answered what? Yes. Come on. How many want every promise for your children answered? Yes. Every prayer answered for your children? Yes. Every, every prayer answered for your family? Yes. There's a place where there's nothing allowed but yes. But that's when we pursue him. So through him, watch what it goes on to say. We say our what? Amen. So be it. Whatever you throw out there, so be it. Amen to the glory of God. Glory of God. There's another part that I want to share, but I'm going to save it. Actually about turning the heart, the levav. Turning the heart of the father. What does that mean? Turning the levav. And it talks about the core, the innermost part of a man. What ravishes that man's heart? What what awakens the passion of a man? God says literally, he literally says that I have to turn Lavav, I have to turn the Lavav, the heart, the passion, the innermost part of what ravishes a man's heart and awakens him in desire and passion. I got to turn that away. I got to turn it away from something and turn it towards God. What does God have to turn our Levi from? He has to turn it from the things that we're passionate about that won't give us access to his promises. So he has to turn it. See, it's, it's one thing to enjoy a thing. It's another thing to, to give your passion into it. See, he has to turn our passion as men from cars. He has to turn our passion as men from man caves. He has to turn our passion from men from sports, from guns, all our little all our little tr- things that we like to do that actually, it's not to say you never do them. Amen. I watch sports. Amen. Glory be to God. I know I'm going to get real quiet right here. I watch sports, right? <laughs> Amen. And do all those things. And, say it, 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 and, and, and what we do is, like, oh, it can't be that. But then we look at our children. What you mean it can't be that? Where were their promises? Where are their promises? I'll turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. We'll look at the, the things that really aren't as valuable and say, oh, I can't give that up. But what about your child's promises? Right. Thank you. So their promises ain't getting to them. He said, I'm going to turn your hearts from your hobbies, your sports, your games and all your pet peeves and and I'm going to turn it in passionate pursuit towards me and when I turn your levav towards me I'm going to turn the levav of your children towards you in other words we have authority over our children's passion by way of turning our passion towards God what we're passionate about they'll be We can turn their heart. 
We don't have to argue with them to turn their heart. We don't have to convince them they're going the wrong direction to turn their heart. We don't have to argue with them every time we see them and tell them they need to change how they act. He said, but when our heart turns, it'll initiate the turning of theirs. I just want to worship for a minute, and, and, and I'm done, and I'm close. If, if you all would just stand to your feet just for a moment. Now, I will say this about the promises of God, too, and seeing him in our children. It demands patience. We can't turn our heart for a week and say, okay, I'm waiting. It demands patience. Let patience have our perfect work. There's some things that got to be worked out in patience. God wants to see commitment. He, he has to develop in us a new lifestyle. 